Hi Mason, and this is 9320, coming at you after another draw at the Etihad, this time against Stagecoach of Salford. Joining me to pick the bones out of what we saw, I've got Howard, Stee and Julian. Welcome, gentlemen. Hello. How are we all? Stee, how are you? I'm good, sir. How are you, mate? I'm very well. Howard, you well? Yeah, not bad, not bad. Do you enjoy yourself last night? <laughs> it's just Derby Day. <laughs> do you enjoy? Do you enjoy derbies, Howard? I know we had this no. conversation last season, but I want to have it again. Do you enjoy them? No, do a hell. Really? <laughs> Don't have to do it again for half a year. <laughs> it's funny. My brother's a red, and he said the same thing this morning. Weird. I I love derbies. Uh, Julian, what about for you? Did you enjoy it? Um, no, I, I don't like them either. Uh, in fact, I, yeah, I, I hate them. <laughs> same with me, mate. It's just tense. Jesus, I guess I'm, I'm. I must be the only one that really enjoys derbies. I don't, I don't know why. I, I tweeted last night about ten minutes before kickoff. I wouldn't be any good in the trenches because I was just literally a bag of nerves, and all I was thinking of was just pessimistic thoughts of just avoiding yeah. defeat. Mm. Or tweeted Jason, a WhatsApp Jason at half time saying, "Oh, they're going to beat us one nil. It's so obvious." <laughs> yeah, I was sure it was going to be one nil. Like, oh, they're just going to win one nil. It's yeah. just yeah. Hold on, hold on, we'll get, we'll, we'll get to that kind of pessimism. I know, it's just... Hold on, hold yeah. on, hold on. Uh, listen, I've got an opening question for you. Thursday night football, is anybody bothered or not bothered by it? Like, uh, I was just curious, because I, I can't remember the last time that, that anybody played a Premier League game on a Thursday night. Um, so, anybody got a strong opinion, Steve? Yeah, I've got a very strong opinion, just a, on a personal note, in that Thursday night is pretty much the only time the whole week I can't get out of work, so I had to watch it in work last night. Oh, Okay. I know, yeah. So that really sucked. Um, but yeah, that aside, that's just entirely personal. Okay, um, Julian, does it bother you? Not mm, y- yes and no. I, I think when you look at it, you, you look at what the Premier League are trying to do. They want they want football every day of the week. They want it. You look at it. I mean, it's great if you know you're a neutral and you like football and you've got a, you know from Saturday half twelve, you know, and then half five, and then on a Sunday uh, on a Sunday is that Monday night football. Then you got during the week, but they want it every night of the week, and that's what they want. But again, it, it you know um, this will this will come on. Most of our fixtures, with I don't think we have another three o'clock kickoff for the rest of the season mm. now obviously me being a poster you know half 12s are no good for me do you know what I mean so yeah. that's just personal for me but you know I, I mean I grew up uh, probably like you that football was three o'clock on a Saturday you know but we're going away from that now yeah yeah no absolutely. I think that's what it comes down to a lot of it and entirely understandably as well what your personal circumstances are you know because like yeah. You know, Julian said there, lunchtime kickoffs aren't great for him. Lunchtime kickoffs are brilliant for me. Yeah, so Saturday, half 12, I love him. You have a big, bigger the game, the better for me. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Thursday night, you know, last night was, was horrendous for me. Okay. Well, it just means another, it means guarantees a Sunday game after as well, doesn't it? Mm. Just, yeah, I hate having half the season on Sunday, basically. So, you know, I prefer to play a Wednesday because they moved this one pretty late, didn't they? Well, they moved Middlesbrough quite late. Yeah, but to be honest, I'm sure people have made plans already. It wasn't like something done well in advance. So yeah, it's so obvious though that they moved this game to a Thursday night because, really, in terms of their audience, they wanted to put this on this game on a night where there was no other game, so that they would get the the biggest audience they could get. So there's no way they were going to do it Tuesday or Wednesday when there was other games on. Um, So yeah, I mean, I guess that 
TV yeah. decides football, but then TV pay the most dough. So if you pay the most dough, you get to make the most decisions, I guess. Um, okay, let's talk about the derby. Um, how would I want to start with? Well, really, just the three of you. Before we get into the specifics, just general thoughts. What did you enjoy? What didn't you enjoy? Um, how would I start with you? Uh, well, I always enjoy not losing, so <laughs> no people were quite negative because let's be honest as a neutral if I was just watching it as a neutral you'd think well come on City you know with 20 minutes to go this is yours to win so I can understand that sentiment that it feels like a missed opportunity but as you all know I'm a pessimist anyway but I save most of that pessimism for Derby Day like I bottle it all up for twice a season <laughs> and uh, and, it, and always for me the, the absolute key is do not lose a Derby because the feeling is just Horrible. Waking up the next morning is horrible. And in the context of this match, I don't think it's a better result for them. I, mean, I don't know if we discuss that later, but you know we're still ahead of them. We've got what should be an easy running. So it really, we could not lose. I, I, I can't say it's must. I hate this must-win thing because they've got hard games to come. We could have lost last night and the top four was still in our hands and we still finished third. But to stay in fourth with the running we've got, I don't think it was a disaster result alone. Obviously, we'll discuss the specifics. Uh, what did I, nothing else to enjoy. It's a horrible day. I just my stomach goes. Spend spend most of the day. It's about your bowel movements on day. Yeah, day, well, <laughs> they're, they're inconsistent. Let's just put it that way. <laughs> uh, but quite frequent. Okay, so I just enough. hate. I just hate. Honestly. Uh, Julian, just you, just you... not losing. Just honestly, to come away with not losing. I know I should. I know we should. That was a great position last night to win, uh, and there was only one team trying to. And I know I should. I should aspire to more. But in the context of everything, that's what I can take out of it more than anything else. That we're Howard? The, in the table. So I would yeah. have to call the collar off tummy. Julian, <laughs> 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 um, what about for you? What did you? What, in general, what did you take from the game yesterday? Uh, I, I'm more or less with Howard on it. You know, the, the best thing for me was that final whistle because there's, you, you don't, you just don't want to lose. I mean, especially turning up the next day in work and such like that. But I, what did I take from the game? I, again, it, it, it's just, it's like Groundhog Day uh, of our season. You know, it's just. I just can't. You you could have not played that game again, and we're in the same thing and missed the chances that we did, and not put them away. It's just a, you know, I mean, Guardiola comes out and says it after every game. We're not clinical. We're not clinical. He's right. We're not clinical enough. It's just, I, you just them chances. What what you would you would see? Look, I, listen. I'm not I'm not a forward, so I'm I I wouldn't have put him in either. But it's just. You just, he just doesn't seem like our look. Okay, he hits the post, and it's just like, you know, we, we of course, we're going to hit the post because we weren't going to hit the back of the net. We just, it was all, it was just, you know, it's the frustration of it. Okay, fair enough. Steve, can you, can you bring anything a little more positive that you may have taken from the game? Or are you going to follow the theme of those two and just be a bit? Mis- well, Initially, I'll follow the theme. Um, I enjoyed about 10 seconds more than Julian because just before the final whistle, we launched an attack 
you know, the ref basically had the whistle in his mouth. I thought, this is a free pass here. You know, they can't break on us. You know, I was that pen- <laughs> <laughs> I, I could enjoy that. that one oh, my God, the state of you. Go on. I know, I know. But also a little bit of negativity as well as regards to the chances, just to kind of echo Julian's thought there. And what was really frustrating last night is we differed somewhat to the chances we've spurned, you know, mostly over the course of the season in that we ballooned them over, which is always unforgivable for me. It's just basics. Get your body right, get your posture right, foot foot over the ball, keep it low, and make make the keeper make a save. And also, as well, really kind of frustratingly and surprisingly, because a lot of them came from Aguero's right boot, was there was just a lack of power in the shots. So when they were on target, just rolled into De Gea's hands, you know? And there was very little power there. Again, you just think, get your placement right, make the keeper make the save. If he does... All well and good, no bother there. Um, looking at the positive side, yeah, it was the point benefits us far more than it does United. So I'm sure we're going to move on to United's lack of ambition, which was the main cause behind the draw, I think, last night. Um, but from a City perspective, after the game, I was I was relatively pleased, to be honest. Well, we, we hadn't lost, and I'm, we're in a this, good position. This is sort of what I'm trying to get at, that... I, I firstly, I thoroughly enjoyed it last night. I um, maybe the I first time. Enjoy a derby? How is that possible? I, uh, well, look, I, maybe, we know. <laughs> I, I'll ex- I explained this last season, but I'll explain it for anybody who 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 didn't who didn't hear what I'd said last season. And no, Howard, it's not because I didn't go. You cheeky swap. I was uh, weird though. I said weird though. It's not because I didn't go. It was like really, mate. No, that's um, not us. But you're all right being called a weirdo. <laughs> yeah, I am a weirdo. Oh, he's fine with that, yeah. I'm, I'm a weirdo, I'm fine with that. Um, no, look, growing up, the thing with the derby was that we couldn't lose because we were always much worse than United. And so my feeling was always that it's a free hit for City because if City lose, it's just like, oh, well, that's what City do. They, they lose to United. Uh, United. It's not really something that United could really brag about. Like, oh, we beat City. Well, so what? You beat us every week. You beat us every year. It's not a big deal. But anytime we took something from the game, it was thoroughly shameful for them because we weren't as good as them. So when we did take something off them, it was always that sense of, yeah, that they, they I don't know, like I just, I've always felt like that, that the derby for me actually, weirdly, is has always felt like a free hit. And even after the money came in and, and we've sort of gotten better and admittedly we've won a lot more derbies, um, in theory there should be more pressure on us now, but... I don't actually feel that pressure. Maybe yesterday afternoon was the first time in a long time where I felt a little bit nervous going into it. But I think that was more just... I felt like it was a big game for um, for Pep because it had been a bad run over the last sort of four, six weeks. Uh, but had I known that Mourinho was going to be that negative, I, I wouldn't have been stressed at all because that was, you know... It wasn't a game of football for me last night. But anyway, we'll get to that. Uh Let's start with the first half. Julian, what did you make of the first half in general? What did you make of our performance? Yeah, I, th- I thought, I mean, possession-wise, I, th- I thought it were quite good. I mean, I thought I thought we looked uh, strong and, uh, you know, aggressive. It was just, you know, the ch- I, I was, I, I really did think that it would be a matter of time be- before we, uh, we, we scored, Um you know, and I thought I thought Aguero was on it. I thought he was. I thought that kind of like the Aguero of old. Not to write him off, but it was, his movement was so was so good to watch. He was just in and out, and like I say, I, you know, I, if I'm going to blame anything, I'm going to blame them daft blue boots that he's he's got. I think that's the reason why. But, 
uh, no, but it genuinely was. I mean, it's kind of what you want to see from him. I, I know he missed a lot of chances, but I don't mind him in taking them them shots because uh, on another day, you know, you you want him to shoot, you want him to to do that. And like I say, it was just, you know, it was just that initial. He was just very nervous. Do you think and, he was stuff. unlucky last night? I do. I, I genuinely do. Look, I mean, I know, listen, I, I know what Steve said about doing, uh, you know, about taking that. It's just, listen, he's it, prolific. I mean, you only have to look at it. I don't know what he was. What, what is he, 12 in 12 in his last games? I know he's missed quite a lot. And usually I think he's only got like one in his, one goal in his last. But I, I do. I think he has been unlucky. I mean, that chance where he hits it, he just, he just goes... You know, and his his reactions, his just instinct is just to do it, and he's just just off. So I do think he's been unlucky, though. Okay, fair enough. Um, Howard, yeah. did you feel that United threatened us in that in that first half, or did you feel that City were comfortable almost from the off? Uh, well, they threatened us when we threatened to shoot ourselves in the foot again. So the only way they could, the only the only concern is. You know they have they have speedy foot. It was just it was a fast front line, wasn't it? That was the fear. Nothing mm. else really. Uh, and we had, the, of course, quite an old back line. So the fear is being done by pace and Rashford against Otamendi, uh, and he caused him problems at the beginning. But I felt those problems diminished with time. They just diminished more and more and more. Otamendi just kept close to him. Uh, yeah, my only concern was the same old shooting ourselves in the foot. So again, bravo. Could have given them a goal, failure to mark Herrera at a free kick. It's just silly little things like that. But the game in general, I felt we should have had at least a goal in that first half. So, but yeah, I mean, we'll talk more about. I'll I'll save the rest for the second half because everything was their negativity was just ramped up hundred times for the second half. So yeah, um, discuss that. I'll go. I'll talk more about United. But it was yeah. I mean, we weren't we weren't brilliant, but I, I was. It was as comfortable as you can expect, really, in a derby. I thought I just worried about their pace. Yeah, the fact they had quicker players up against slower players. That was it, really. So, uh, but we control. You know, we're controlling the game. So, yeah, Steve. Um, again, kind of the same question for you, but slightly different angle. Uh, I know Damo put on 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 Twitter last night that, that he what he described. He basically said that our counter pressing um, mm. was the reason that United looked as poor as they did and as negative as they did because yeah. they tried to be a counter-attacking side but we just didn't let them. Um, are you surprised that we managed to get that level of performance out of guys like Torre, Fernandinho, even Vinny who all played 120 minutes on Sunday uh, to come out in a derby on 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 Thursday night, with which was I feel a pressure game for them. Were you impressed with that first half performance, or again, do you think that it's as much about the shitness of United? No, I, I think we can take a lot of credit from the first half. I think we were very aggressive, uh, really in their faces. Atkinson let a lot go as well, which was a, a big factor for me because as soon as he's let the first couple of go he's got to be consistent there and that benefited us because we were we were up for it you know we were up for a scrap far more than united were um i think a big consideration as well is a switch Mourinho made after about 15 minutes where mkhitaryan initially started as a false nine and then was moved out right rashford now as good as color was by the way i thought uh, color was excellent last night um 
I just didn't like the idea of basically Rashford out there, Mkhitaryan kind of dropping deep, forming a diamond in midfield, and just kind of looking for spaces behind our full-backs. Um, now, whether that would happen or not, who's to say? Because, like I say, thankfully, Mourinho switched it round and brought Rashford central. If that... Well, because that happened... Uh, that was ultimately to our benefit and we were able to kind of counter press well and just get in their faces and we just couldn't, we didn't let them kind of um, fulfill their game plan. Why, so, do I mean, it's, why do you think he's made, why do you think he's originally started with Rashford on the right and Mkhitaryan up front and why do you think he switched it around after 15? I don't know why he switched it around because then you've basically got Rashford up against Otamende and, and Otamende, for all his flaws, he loves a challenge like that. He, he loves it, you know. He, he might fail from time to time in one-on-ones, but, you know, he wants that kind of personal kind of battle. Mm. Um, as regards to why he did it in the first place, his original lineup, that made perfect sense to me and worried me. You know, there was an extra man in midfield with Mkhitaryan dropping deeper there, uh, and then you've got Rashford and uh, Martial out wide with all the pace that they've got against our kind of aging fullbacks so and looking for spaces in behind them so if if he'd stayed to that game plan throughout the game we could have seen a much different performance and result from both sides last night thankfully he swapped, swapped it around and they were completely well not completely but they were largely ineffectual for See, the rest of the game going forward it's a good point he made on twitter though uh, damo or damo <laughs> sorry if i got it wrong uh they did i know they Everyone said Mourinho came for a draw, which of course he did, but he still set it up to get us on the counter-attack. So there has to be some praise for us stifling that counter-attack. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, I I will say it as well. And about five times he ran at our defence and there was great blocks, a lot by company, and real key interceptions at dangerous times that just snuffed out attacks and stifled the life out of them. And a lot of the time, they were literally... They got it, you know, we'd break down, our, our attack would break down, and like someone like Herrera or mid, you know, Carrick would just welly it like a park football game, you know, just welly it forward, hoping that the speed of Rashford or someone else would get onto it. Well, and a lot of the time, my... it just skewed out of the game. They just didn't know what to do, to be honest. So. Yeah, that's that's sort of my point, that I felt as though that they they basically gave up after 15 minutes in that game for me. I think that as long as... Mkhitaryan has played as a false nine and they've got the two wide men they've still got some interest in playing football but I think as soon as they move Rashford central it's so obvious that they make that move specifically so that from that point onwards all they want to do is hit space all they want to do as soon as they get that ball is knock it long knock it into space and leave it for Rashford to chase which I mean it's just fucking pathetic really I mean I apologise touched it, it yeah it was just so I mean, I think Bravo had double the touches or so. <laughs> it's like he barely. I, I, I think he had one touch, again. one touch in the second half. I think I think uh, Bravo had, and that's when he, I believe he came and collected the ball. Maybe, maybe he had another one, but that just shows. I think there was a, a thing in the second half. I think they had seven touches in our in our box, and we had a hundred and seventy-seven in theirs. Yeah. I mean. It, it is. It is. It is. You. I mean, the, the, you're talking about two professional teams, and of course, you're talking about the world famous Man United, of course. But I mean, it, isn't it funny how how 
the tides have changed you know you know from going from this i mean like you said i mean it, it is amateur hour it is kind of like sunday league or, or whatever i mean that's a you know probably indictment to them but you know just get rid of the ball just two feet long i mean and just you know it's kind of like listen for what we say for all we do and our problems that we've got i'm not worried in that listen if i could sit down and say listen pep guardiola is our manager for the next 10 years. I, listen, I'll sign it right now and I'll live with the problems that we've got because I know that these are fixable. Now, Mourinho, you you know, thank God we've not got uh, the Portuguese Tony Pulis. I mean, because that's what it is, isn't it? That, you can't sit there and say, as a United fan, that were, you know, that sit there and say they enjoyed that because that was just... That was that was terrible. I mean, it was pathetic. I mean, it, well, the fact is, if that had been, if they'd been three points clear of us in the title race with two games to go, that could be seen as a defensive master a masterclass by mm. Mourinho. But they're not. They went into the game behind us with the chance to go above us. So I don't yeah. understand what the point was. I know they could have it keeps them in the chase. It, it means they can go ahead of Liverpool, I guess. But you know. Let's not big it up as some masterclass. No, I think also... Um, have you been online today? The absolute PR campaign by United fans trying to make out how amazing it was and Aguero headbutted him back and all that sort of thing. I think it Is began that, before the game. It's laughable. Yeah. I mean, yeah, we'll save City a crap. Yeah. You know, game after game, we'll say. I don't understand why they have to defend that atrocious, negative, boring football. I mean... Well, look... But, I love it. I think I know it's not that Louis Van Gaal was footballs was more better than that. That that was that was putrid. That that would, there's no enjoyment in that. I think seriously. my issue. I think seriously, my issue with it is this: that there was a lot of there was no tempo to the game for 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 the overwhelmingly vast majority of the game. There was no tempo to it, and the reason there was no tempo to it was because United literally played dead. They literally played dead, and for me. It's uh, even 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 having to make notes to try and do a podcast to try and analyze the game. How do you analyze City's performance when there was no opposition? The second half was a training game, like literally yeah. for me. That second half could have been a friendly, it could have been a training game. That's how uninterested United were. I mean, basically, the the, the sending off makes zero difference. Doesn't because it doesn't it doesn't change anything. He's brilliant at it, though. Let's get it right. Mourinho's brilliant at that. Well, he, he, <laughs> it, might, he, it might be horrible, but he's very good at it, and I that's why. I, what is I know you could criticise City for not breaking through, which, fair enough, we'll have different views on that. But they are brilliant of just putting those brick walls up in front of the net. So, Well, look, yeah. let's, let's begin in the second half by talking about our brick walls, because I think that, for me... Uh, over the when I was trying to decide over the ninety minutes what was the most impressive thing for me about Manchester City, the most impressive thing both collectively and individually was the defensive performance. And I know that's a little bit of a sounds a bit contradictory because I'm at the same time saying United weren't interested in attacking. One of the reasons they weren't interested in attacking, I feel, is because company Otamendi and Kolarov in particular, those three bullied whatever came up against them, whether it was a kind of collective bullying or it was, as you said, Howard, the, the kind of individually dealing with whatever United threw at them. Um, now, we've been really... It's a really interesting thing, this, and I, I think it's worth a discussion, that, as you say, people are talking about it being a Mourinho 
defensive masterclass. But then, why are we not talking about how impressive City's defensive performance is? When we go all-out attack, they play with Martial and Rashford and Mkhitaryan, and they bring Lingard on, and before the game, the, the entire narrative is not about oh, look at all these fantastic attacking players that, that City have got. The entire narrative is City's back four is terrible and City can't defend and they are going to be under so much pressure from Rashford and from Martial and from Mkhitaryan who are in form and they're going to cause them so many problems on the counter-attack. And yet the game unfolds and we deal with them like it's the 11-12 season. They can't get near us in an, in an attacking sense. So... I'll start with you, Steve. What did you make? And let's talk about Vinny's performance as a as a starting point. What did you make of Vinny's performance? Um, well, fantastic, and it's amazing to see. And it's it's like Yaya early on in the season. It, it's a player that very, very, very reluctantly you kind of half written out. Um, you know, in your mind, you're thinking there's no way back. Um, and now. He's back. I mean, as to what extent, only time will tell. But certainly right now, it's I'm just loving seeing him in a City shirt again. And the thing about company as well is he rightfully gets credited right across the game as well from rival fans too about, you know, it, the, the defensive qualities he has and his leadership qualities and his kind of, you know, his reading of the game and, and you know, how he brings a ball out of defence and all the rest of it. But he's also a git. You know, that's one thing what's always overlooked about Vinny Company. He loves, he, he gets stuck in, you know. He loves he loves the, the, the dirty side of the game, by which I don't mean fouling or kind of, you know, nastiness. I mean, just the nitty-gritty of the game. Um, you, you'll never see him hiding from that. So in a derby, that comes to the fore, doesn't it? Uh, and I'm, I know we're talking about Vinny here, but you, you've got to include Otamendi in that as well. 100%. because. Yeah, because, you know, as we just talked about five minutes ago, he, he loves a personal battle as much as any player. So when the two of them are together in a derby, I'm rest assured, you know, I, I know that um, something may come of it and, you know, a mistake might be made or whatever, but they're not going to be lacking. They're going to be in the faces. Um, and that's what we saw last night. And just very quickly on kind of going back to Damo's tweet about the counter-pressing, Damo is far superior to me as regards to the reading of, of, of a football match. Uh, but when I saw that tweet, you know, after the game, it just it it just rang so many bells with me because instinctively throughout the game, I felt that, you know, I was I was worried about two things with United. I was worried about their pace and the counter-attacking, which, you know, as you said, Asan was just talking about relentlessly before the game. And also their threat from set pieces. From about 20 minutes in, even earlier maybe, I was solely concerned about set pieces I mean to the extent where I shouted my head off at Zabaleta for, for making an unnecessary foul out wide sometime in the first half which was a perfect position for them to float it in yeah, it was the Herrera head of that was that the, was that the directly led to that I think it was foul yeah, yeah. sorry it was a foul yeah. Be- because that's the only threat they, they posed the most expensively assembled squad in Premier League history in a game what they yeah, needed to win their only threat they posed was set pieces today. Yeah, 20 players out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The Apparently. kit man, the tea lady, everyone was injured last night for him. But yeah, yeah that's the only threat that they pose from set pieces. They're pathetic. <laughs> um, okay. Um, how do we think... And Cole... we can't say we're bitter, by the way, because we've called our own team pathetic, so... We do past. it all the time. We so we're allowed to call United that, aren't we? Ah, yeah, but they're also a disgrace. We're, we're rarely a disgrace. <laughs> <laughs> we're never a disgrace, are we? No. 
I don't know. I think I've called us a disgrace a few times this season, and I'm. Not <laughs> uh, uh, Howard, uh, yeah. what did you make of what did you make of Kolarov's performance? Yeah, I thought the whole of that that back line was superb. So you put him in there with the rest of them. I don't remember a lot of what he did, but I thought he was very tidy, and I don't quite understand why he disappeared. You know, to go off on a tangent so much, Guardiola goes, seems to have players on shifts like they played he for does, a few months yeah. and disappear. Uh, Kolarov seems to have been out of... Doubt. I mean, he won't, doesn't want to play him at fullback, does he? Much so, or at all. So, if the central defence berths are taken, he, you know, he just doesn't play at all. He'll play cliche always. That's seems, why I was yeah. surprised that he got picked yeah. last night. And... Yeah, exactly. Uh, so, suddenly, I don't know the reasoning or I just don't know. Cleese is not the slowest for all his faults, is he? So, but yeah, he was tidy. And, you know, we've said earlier, he's been, he's been generally very good this season, hasn't he? So, mm. uh, one of those players that, well, I think, you know, he'll still be around next season. He's got a one year play in our, our squad. Julian, what did you make of, what did you, since we're talking about the kind what of. What do you think, Ace Antonio Colour? Um, I, I actually thought he did really well and, and I was yeah. surprised that I was a little bit surprised that he wasn't pushed further forward a little bit yeah. earlier in the sense yeah. that you could feel towards the end of the game that he'd, he'd been told you can get forward and he put some dangerous crosses in and I felt as though maybe that could have been done a little bit earlier I think a little bit earlier on his side he could have been told just go you know. Yeah, the only thing lacking, he didn't. There weren't enough of his crosses were there during the match. No, but this. But I do. I, I do feel that that game as a whole really spout to me what we could be with two dynamic fullbacks. Oh. Not that not that our fullbacks were terrible, but just what you know they could have got behind there, behind their back line. They would have added a, another dimension. Totally, to Julian, go for it. Yeah, I mean, and just to go back on Otamendi, I mean, I, I'll be, I'll be. Brutally honest. I mean, at times, I mean, he—he, I've he, he, wondered how he's never been sent off myself because when he's been diving in and such. But as of lately, I mean, he's just been putting in masterclasses. Yeah, Southampton away or games like that. But games like that where he's not the biggest, but he'll win a header. You just—it's he, like he's got springs in his thing. But mm. even with Vinny back as well, I mean, we said, didn't we? How long is it going to last? And you know, what is it? Two games, extra time, and a full ninety whatever minutes, you know, played as well. So them two, you know, look, we've got a major dilemma going into next season, what we do with company anyway. But when he's playing like this, how can you even contemplate getting rid of him? He's under contract and such. It's just, you know, are we finally over this? But when he's playing like that, he was, he, he was bossing it. He, that's the thing. He was, he, he just, he just looked like a beast. You didn't want to take him on. You weren't going to go for him. Did just look, he looked like we had a brick wall. You know, that's what we, we had a exactly. brick wall. Well, you know, they weren't getting through. They were, that's why you get to give up. But, you know, um, I think, and as for Kolarov, you know, he has been one of our better players. Now, I think better when he's played inside uh, in, in the centre towards, uh, the, the, you know, playing left back. But again, he's, you know, I think we're cliche. Listen, I, I'm not, I, I'm, I hate him. I, th- I can't wait to get rid of him. I'm going to drive him to airport, me. But the thing is, with with him, he's with Kolarov. He's just got you right. He's got the crossing, the crossing, and he's, he's all around the tacking. He's much better. But that's what it's crying out. That you know, that was what they were crying out for. Putting more crosses in, and like and like you said, I, I think Pep said after the game as well. 
about he said something that was kind of like cryptic about fullbacks that he's not got fullbacks maybe the 33 34 they're not the quickest at going forward so you know I don't know if that was something maybe we just you know cryptic in saying that but you know I think I was right if we did have two different bookends that you know you're talking about your I don't know maybe Kyle Walker or, or a, a, the guy the the guys from Monaco, I think. I mean, come on, guys. These are uh, these are the, the be- with the best kind of bookends in. That's where we, you know, we'd be a lot better off. I really no, believe. Totally, I, I, I totally. I think what Guardiola said after the game was just that you know, um, it's not. He, he he was he was asked about whether he'd instructed his fullbacks to to stay a little bit deeper, and he said no. I've got four fullbacks that are 33, 34 years old. It's not fair to ask them to run up and down the line all night because they can't do it. So, you know, I, th- I completely agree. I think that, you know, having two two dynamic younger fullbacks with pace will make an enormous difference in, in games like, like last night. Um, Steve, what did you make mm-hmm. of Torre's performance? Because... Um, Stefan said last night on Twitter, it kind of made me chuckle. He said, I'm not ready to let go of Silvatore, Aguero or Vinny yet. Um, yeah, same here. Same here. It was, it was lovely to see, wasn't it? It was, um, yeah, we, he ran the show. Um, he was all over the place. He, he put his experience to, to full use uh, in every sense as well. Um, he emits calm when in possession. When you know, Even when he came back this season and he was looking, you know, like the imperious Yaya of old, there were still kind of times where he'd lose possession and just you know make strange passes. To be to be honest, but uh, there was there's none of that of late. Um, he's he's looking damn good right now, and uh, it's always reassuring to have him in there. Um, just very quick point on the defence because uh, I'm totally with you guys. Last night I just thought he looked solid. Um, you know, you look at the chances United had. One was a self-destruct button by uh, Bravo. And one was basically a, a standard set piece, um, and yet I saw a United thing on on Twitter this morning, where this guy who apparently is quite well respected and there's loads of followers and all the rest of it, and he put a video up and and he said that our defence were all over the place, and highly disorganised, and it, it was a wasted opportunity for United to not get at that, which just shows just a difference in football fans' opinions, doesn't it? You know, regarding their teams they support. I mean, my God. Um, I can't remember his name. I don't even know where. I have to check him out. I just checked out you know, his follow account, basically, but I wasn't aware of him. But you know, it, it was in the 25,000s, and I thought, oh, well, he, he must have been doing this for some time, but he must know something. Some, seems some drivel online today. <laughs> I know. It just shows the difference, though, doesn't it? How could you watch that game last night and come to that conclusion? Uh, even with fan bias, you know, but... Yeah. Jamie Jackson was the best. <laughs> Always the best is... Rashford had a brilliant game and City didn't end up hugging the ball. It was United's lowest ever possession uh, percentage since Optostats began in 2003. <laughs> I love that. I love the fact that it's, it's the lowest since Opta began keeping stats. It's just like, come yeah. on, lads. Well, it's 14 years. Yeah, but it's 14 years of possession stats. So that's a lot of games. That was their lowest. Uh, that's the least they've seen a ball in the football match. So God. But it was a defensive masterclass, guys. Come on. Well, yeah. Well, that's a thing we United as well. You come from away City, from a, it was a defensive masterclass. If the other way around, I'd have said, yeah, we, we didn't lose. We got a point. I'll take that. Let's move on. Just uh, I wouldn't sit here defending how brilliant it was. That's the difference. Yeah. Uh, I, don't, I, I don't expect United to say, oh, we're terrible and so lucky. Because at the end of the day, they got the draw. 
so they deserved it in a way. But don't pick it up. It's just <laughs> it is what it is. Let's be honest. I, I thought United were, were piss poor last night as well. Anyway, in their execution of what they were trying to do, you know, they, they were losing possession left, right, and centre. They couldn't string two passes together. So um, yeah, that, that, that's not been really mentioned anywhere, and it, it's baffled me as to why. Because you know, on the rare occasions we did get on the ball. They were awful with it. Their I'll use of it was terrible. I'll, t- I'll tell you why. Because I don't think that you know. I, one of the things that I, I, I think with with Mourinho, and I hate him, so maybe I'm just biased, and I'll always think that he's he's a clown. But the thing with him that I've never really understood, and I used to I used to watch his Real Madrid team in big games as well, and feel exactly the same way. Which is that look, if you ask like if you ask players who are instinctively attacking players to do almost nothing but defend for 90 minutes, but then also in within the context of that to play football when they're that deep in their own half. It's just, it's just not natural. They're not going to do it. You know, he'd have been, like in a way, because I've heard a couple of United fans I've, I've, I've read have been saying, well, you know, that the, the plan wasn't just to defend for 90 minutes because if the plan was to just defend for 90 minutes, then we'd have played with Lingard and Ashley Young and not played with Mkhitaryan and, and Martial. There was an intention to play on the break. And it's like, well, that, that, may well, that, that may well be true. But then Mourinho's a moron because he'd have got a lot more out of Lingard and Young playing from that deep that he got out of Martial and Mkhitaryan because those two guys just it's just so alien for them to be that deep it's just not mm. their position they don't know what to do and they didn't know what to do they looked clueless they looked utterly clueless and it's it, for me it just again it reinforces this idea that whilst we kind of people tend to sit around pontificating about what a genius Mourinho is I'm sort of looking at it and going isn't it really obvious that he's not like you know, even Howard, even you said like you know, it was re- it was a really impressive defensive performance. On my mother's life, I can't remember since we played under um, Stuart Pearce. I can't remember seeing a team being that not interested in playing football. And we had plenty of games under Stuart Pearce where we were fantastically robust defensively. Because we had everybody sat on the edge of our area, and we had no intention of trying to score a goal. But there's no, for me, there's no masterclass. Well, no, I just think he's brilliant at doing that. <laughs> Everything you've, t- I'm not, I'm not, I didn't call it a masterclass, and I'm not saying it's something to be proud of or don't take it as a compliment from me. Mm. I can't stack the man either, to be honest. And you know, that's ten years in the making that hatred, not because he's. United manager, yeah, I found Louis Van Gaal quite amusing, to be honest. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and Moyes, I just kind of felt sorry, felt sorry for him. Uh, yeah, but Mourinho, he's just I hate him, and let's be honest, most United fans hated him before he came. But that's we're all hypocrites as football fans, so we have to pretend to like people we used to hate. Uh, I'm not saying it's something to compliment or him about, but he is brilliant at just killing games and that's yeah. what they did yeah what you described and yeah I mean I say it's nothing to shout out about but if he wants to do it he can do it I guess probably any manager could if they actually wanted to any manager just yeah, yeah most just agreed. don't try it do they yeah. just they try and win games yeah. Yeah. it's like it's like Pep said after the game they've got the players to play they just didn't want to play yeah. So and that's the that's the most damning indictment of this this well, United team and and what they did last night. It's just that 
They didn't want to play. And how can you sit below City in the league? If we were sat below them in the league and we played like that, I'd be livid. I'd be absolutely livid because I'd be going, it's a derby. Anything can happen. Go and try and beat them. And that's if Does we were... Could you imagine the media? Could you imagine the media as well? You yeah. know, g- g- going off on that. I mean, they did just play right into it. I mean, it's so. Ne- it, you know what it was? It was almost like he was scared. I mean, he was scared. There's no go question because he. I, you could just see that if we'd have gone, if it did have come forward and played that, then did it just been exploited? They, they needed thirteen in in the box. That's what they needed, mm-hmm. and they, they tried the best. That's what they did. They, they did it. Look how deep they were. It was just again hoofing it. For, it was just negative. It was scared. It was, you know, it's, and it was the most scared performance since they came to us for that league decider in two thousand and twelve. But that's what I mentioned earlier, Howard. That's the thing we got to me because then a draw was a good result or would have been a good result. Yeah, for them. exactly. You could that's see right, where it makes sense. But they were still scared. The team he put out that night, Ferguson, was just half yeah. white flag. He did he left quite a lot of attacking players out. It was, you know, uh, and even in the second half they just couldn't get it past. But yeah, it's, the PR campaign has been played to perfection. All their eggs are in the Europa League campaign. They're going to win that. They'll be in the Champions League. And it's just accepted that that's fine for a team that's spent £300 million. And yes, I know we have. And we've been slated for underperforming, which is fine because we, we should be higher. underperforming. Yeah, of course. We should be higher than where we are. And uh, Bruce Minton, the Racing Post or something, just utter drivel about Pep being an utter failure, said uh, Pep's virtually... N- literally, uh, barely a murmur of dissent against Guardiola. I mean, I don't know what he's been reading online, but I've seen little but criticism for him for many months now. Uh, so, yeah, it's fine to criticise us, but don't pretend that Mourinho's doing well mm. because they won the League Cup and they might win Europa. I mean, fair enough, you judged on silverware. We've discussed this before, but back to the matter is, you know, if they don't make the top four, that's still a huge failure on his CV. So. I'm sure that if we were in the Europa League, we'd have got a little bit further than we got in the Champions League. And if you look at the teams that United have actually played, I mean, they only stopped playing Farmers in the last round. <laughs> you know what I mean? So it's yeah, not true. like they've, it's not like that. It's not like they've gotten past two or three big sides and it's, you know, that actually the, the two most difficult teams they've got left, they're going to play Celta in the next round. And, and if Leon win their tie, they'll play Leon in the final. And I, I don't think they're winning that tournament. So they better finish in the top four. And that's why I'm so baffled about the good point last night narrative. It's like, it's not a good point. You've got to go away to Arsenal, away to Spurs and away to Southampton. So it's that's never a good point because... Of all of those sides, I would argue that potentially, at home, City are the most vulnerable defensively. Of all of those sides, of Arsenal, of Spurs, of Southampton, because of the way that we've defended this season, for me, we are the most vulnerable of those. That's a very good point. That is a very good point. And he's rocked up and parked three buses. So... It, this idea that that yeah yeah no I I'm it's it's funny I'm I'm, I'm I've laughed today more than anything else at, at some of the the United stuff because it's just like I don't get where they're coming from anyway look I want to stop talking about them I want to talk about City again um, a question for the three of you Stan, uh, Sane Sterling KDB and Aguero um, for, I'm going to start with this one for me of the four of them. I think quietly De Bruyne had the best game 
Um, and I think Sane and Sterling were both equally poor. Now I've got in the in the agenda here. What's up with them at the moment? Before I talk about what I think is up with them, Steve, I'm going to start with you. Tell me how you think the four attackers that I've mentioned did, and also tell me what you think is up with Sane and Sterling. Um. Well, yeah, Sane and Sterling were disappointing. Um, Sterling kind of reverted back to old habit of running to blind down blind alleys. Having said that, he was kind of a lot of times he was double teamed up, and you know the moment he, he got possession, you know there was a swarm of red around him. Uh, Sane, on the other hand, found quite a bit of space and didn't really use it, didn't exploit it as he has in the past or as what he's capable of. Um, Aguero got no problem with his performance whatsoever. I mean, there's, there's a stat here from the BBC site that he attempted nine shots last night uh, and the last player to attempt more in a competitive game against United was Ronaldo for Real Madrid in 2013. Um, I, I, can't, I can't remember if it was Howard or Julian said uh, before, but just on another day, you know, he could have scored two or three there. So, um, and his movement was, it was you know, exceptional. So, uh, as for De Bruyne, uh, it, it's gone on for quite a while now where he is half a player that he was uh, earlier on this season, but he retains the same amount of threat that he had from earlier on in the season. So I'm always very happy to see him on the pitch in a City shirt. Um, he, he played okay last night pretty well. Um, yeah, and, and just kind of just to end on, on the problem of Sané and Sterling, they're just young. They're just... It would concern me a great deal if if this was January or if this was October or whatever. But we've got what six games left of the season. Mm. Um, just kind of you know limp them along to the end of the season, and then the you know, whole summer to refresh and start again. But they're just young. Okay, fair enough. Howard, what about for you? Yeah, uh, yeah, the boy, and it was just his entire recent performances all in one a microcosm again. Uh, I thought he was really wasteful at times, but he was also our driving force and could have had assists again. Yeah, should have had an assist within the first 10 minutes and was the most likely at all times to give an assist. Uh, it's just, yeah, he conflicts you because, you know, think with him, he's so involved in games that he is going to misplace passes because he does so many of them. Everything goes through him so much, especially with Silver not there. Uh, but I did. I still felt not everything came off him again. So just more the same. But still, again, you know, still did great things at times. Uh, Guerrero, I thought, yeah, his moves. I, I, I can't be quite as complimentary about him. So I thought his shooting was pretty poor last night. So I think that early chance it should be a goal. Uh, and what's he got to show for all those nine shots? Uh, but his move, you know, everything else, his game and his attitude was spot on. So, is this a temporary thing? We, you know, we've discussed it before, haven't we? That he's just quite wasteful at the moment. So, you know, I think he could do better than that. That's the honest truth. I think he's a better striker than that. Uh, Sane and Sterling, yeah, just regressed. It. Well, Sterling's been out of, left out a bit anyway. But yeah, Steve said, we're just kind of waiting with them, aren't we? We're waiting for them to get older. Uh, a very little long-term worries about them. Sterling, it's the same old thing. It's like, it's confidence, is timid. Uh, he, needs mm. to, he needs to practice his shooting. It's in his head, I think. He's gone forward and regressed a bit, uh, but young players do that. Sane, I think, might just be knackered. And he has, you know, he had 
he was doubled up on at Wembley and he looked dead on his feet after 70 minutes. He's gone backwards in the last few weeks a bit. Uh, but, you know, there'll be a year older next year and if you, you know, you put a net, you put Jesus in there and you put, you know, another top forward and no real concerns in the long term. It's just no. a small dip form. It could be fatigue, I don't know. Not with no Sterling. Sterling, this summer as well. Sterling, it's in his head and he just, he needs to shoot. He needs to just, Shooting See, I think that's, I think I think it's weird what you're saying there, Howard, because Sterling has played so many more minutes than Sane. How yeah, but not recently. Yeah, but I think over the course of I think that there's I think there's an argument to be made that a player players of that age, as young as they are, if they have to play as much as I think both of them have been overplayed to yeah. to some extent this season. Um, I think you're going to have both mental and physical fatigue, and I think that. Yeah. You, we're seeing, for me anyway, last night was very much a case of, yeah, just mental and physical fatigue. And for me, where you see that is in the decision-making of both players because I think that earlier in the season, both players were making the right decisions at the right time in terms of when to run at somebody, when not to run at somebody, when to play it short. Just the simple things, um, but things yeah. that are crucial um, and I think that th- what we saw last night, maybe what we've seen over the last few weeks, is that there is a little bit of fatigue there. And so you they're maybe not making quite the right decisions or the run is timed a second too late. Or it's, you know, with, with Sane in particular, it's really felt like, you know, so many times there's been a, a little miscontrol, a pass that's just a yard to the left or a yard to the right. He's tripped over the ball a couple of times. I mean, it's just, you know, he's... For me, they could both do with a a, a little bit of time out of the seat, out of the side. But how do you do that when there isn't anybody really below them right now that you can put in? Um, so yeah, it's it's just a well, at least the summer. I mean, the summer, you know, this is Pep will get the summer with the players, won't they? I don't know what's going on in South America. Probably another seventeen tournaments going on <laughs> somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no. Uh, Liverpool have got a post-season tour, so I'm sure we'll be getting on board with that scene to make some more money. Uh, but you know, and we won't be in the charity shield at least this time. But he'll get a summer with them, won't he? And I think it'd be great for the players just not to have to, not to be in a tournament, not to have to go around the world, except for these very easy pre-season tours. You know, uh, hopefully you'll see him older, fresher, and uh, a bit more. That intelligence will come back next season. So, but for now, there's not not a lot we can do for now. But yeah, we're just seeing out the season, aren't we? Julian, have you talked about KDB's performance and what you thought of it? Yeah, well, I've been down on him. I actually got slated on Twitter for for having negative comments. I'm not bothered. I will. I just that's what I I believe. I mean, was it was it KDB that put the cross in for Aguero right at the end? When yeah. did that? Yeah, and, that, and that's it. And you're talking. I mean, that was that was an in swing, and it was on the money, weren't it? I mean, it was beautiful. I mean, you know, you're talking about a player. Okay, maybe he's misplaced passes and such, but I'm not too worried. Look, uh, you know, form is is just temporary, and uh, I, I believe that. One thing I would like like to see is I'd like to see Sterling and Sane swap wings, and I'd like to see him um, coming in coming in inside more. Um, I just think. They've been more, especially um, Sane playing on the right, coming in on his left. Um, I, I just, you know, I, I feel 
there would be you know more things but you know Pep chooses to you know to, to play them um, that way as for them to I mean Sane I mean the, the uh, Wembley I mean it was at one point I saw him that he didn't want the ball and I thought he was injured so I just think he's he's he's, he's played a lot and, and such like that but I'm not worried as for Aguero look he's got a goal in him and like that but he's not going to have another game if he shoots nine times on average in a game he's, he's going to score he's going to score more, uh, more often than not so I'm, I'm not too worried okay Fair enough. I'm going to ask you all your man of the matches, but before I get there, I'm going to tell you that for me, I thought De Bruyne was our man of the match, and I'm suspecting that that's going to surprise all three of you. Steve, does that surprise you? Or can you see why I've picked him out as man of the match? He was involved a lot, um, but that aside, yeah, it does surprise me. I just thought everything that... I, I felt as though his performance last night was much closer to the kind of all-round performance that he needs to do regularly when he's playing centrally. And I think that anything good that we did in an attacking sense was down to him. And the bottom line is that twice he puts it on a plate for Aguero and twice Aguero fluffs it. So on another day, he's got two easy assists. Um, so no, he, he was. I, I felt he was our best player over the 90 minutes. If Vinny wasn't our best player, then then for me it was definitely KDB. And I just think with with Vinny, they were threatened so little um, in the second half that, you know, uh, yeah, for, for me, De Bruyne was our best player. He was our man of the match. Uh, Steve, who was your man of the match? Um, for any man of the match, you're looking for someone who basically really, you know, benefits Manchester City to a, a, you know, a high extent. So I'm going to go for Jose Mourinho. <laughs> <laughs> Good shout, man! I wish I'd have thought of that. Oh, Steve, I wish I'd have thought of that. I like that. Uh, Howard. Who was your Who was your man of the match? Cop out that, Steve. Go on, say for lady. Go on, say for lady. Oh, co- oh serious answers, company. Okay, Vinny. Yeah, uh, there was no. It was a generally dominant, you know, performance that couldn't quite get over the line. So no one stood out amazing, but I, I don't mind your your De Bruyne choice because as I say he frustrated me but he was still our brightest attacking force but I'm I'm going to go with company again because he just he just holds the defence together doesn't he yeah um, Julian what about for you I'm going to give it Artemende. I think he's. I think over the last few games, I mean, he's been solid there as well. And you know, I mean, uh, I do. I think he's. It's good to see. I mean, you know, I, I can understand why he said KDB. I mean, if he puts that in on 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 there and he scores, I mean, why not? But um, yeah, I mean, I, Artemende for me. Okay, fair enough. Um, just a quick word on um, the referee. Uh, I thought he was pretty good last night. It's it's rare that you know we 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 tend to criticise them when they have poor games, but I thought that he got I thought he got it right last night in terms of how he refed the game more than anything else. Um, and the other thing that I wanted to just have a quick word on was the red card. I mean, uh, there's no more blatant a red than that, and my man might even get more than three games. So he spit he spit on him. I hate people that spit as well, but he, he spat on Aguero as well. You can see a lot, doesn't he? Yeah, I know, but he's he's a horrible person. He really is. Anyway, I don't like him as a player. But he, he look, I I seen a lot of this as well in the uh, on on social media today that Aguero got him sent off. I mean, 
I'm I'm sorry. Yeah, cool. yeah exactly. but I mean, he headbutts him. It's not as though it was like a, a Sanchez. I mean, it, you must have all seen the Sanchez one where he's. Yeah. I mean, that's pathetic. That is pathetic. <laughs> but he actually, he, he, you know, he headbutts him. So, I mean, look, it's a red card. Mourinho's a big whiner for what he ever said. He didn't have a broken nose or something like that. I don't know what, what he was meant to have. He, he headbutted him. And, and look, for me, give him a six game ban because uh, he's spitting. I hate that. But he's disgusting. Yeah, no, it was it was. Uh, he wouldn't uh, leave the pitch. I think that's where he might get done for. I don't think he'll get done for spitting, but no. I mean, uh, look, he's a United, he's get... a United player. He's only getting three game ban. Let's be realistic about it. For a headbutt, he's only getting three games. What, uh, what do you think Sergio said to him? What do you mean? Well, he must have said something. I mean, I've I've watched that incident back now, time and again. Um, and okay, you know. There can be frustration there in being the first player to be booked after so many fouls that's preceded it and all the rest of it. But, well, you know, I don't know, players can lose their heads in the heat of battle, but there was just something in the way that he snapped there. He, so, he probably said, did you get your hair cut in the dark or something like that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Don't ever cut it, has he? I don't even think, there was, I don't even think he said anything. I, I just, I think he lost his head. I just think that he's... He's obviously made the foul. He's got booked. Yeah, Aguero's got the ball. He's run away from him again. He's just got. It's like it's like watching someone on a school ground, man. It was really. In fact, a lot of what United did yesterday was like seeing a Sunday league side or like seeing just like kids on a playground playing because they just. It just felt like there was very little thought in, you know. Yeah. Uh, okay. So I've got some questions from Twitter. Uh, Darren Caspia asks, this one's for you, Steve. After watching that match, is it simple that Alexis Sanchez is required? Um, yes, but not from watching that match. I mean, he's a world-class talent. Um, you can see how he'd fit into the side. He'd be, a, you know, a huge plus for us. Um, so I would adore Sanchez to come towards this summer, um, even if, you know, he does tend to kind of overreact to of throw-ins uh, but it's got nothing to do with with a match last night I don't think we were lacking uh, anywhere where Sanchez you know would have kind of compensated oh I think um, so I think he plays he plays where Sterling or Sane play and he, he makes I think if we if we have him as as opposed to one of Sterling or Sane last night then I think we have enough experience to win the game yeah yeah okay fair comment yeah but I, I was just basically thinking that you know just overall I was looking at a large picture and thinking yeah you know this season with with Sanchez as, as an option, um, obviously starting more times than not, um, we would be getting a lot closer to to Chelsea. Um, he's a superb talent. I'd love him to come. Okay, um, he's got goals in. He's got goals as well, hasn't he? So yeah, hmm. not just a skill. Yeah, we need more goals from. We need goals spread over that team. So I think that's the key for me, more so than more more than anything else. The the, the reason that I say that. I, I agree with Darren and I, I think I tweeted after the game last night as well that I think I said something like you know tonight was a good example of why we need one more top class forward because loads of people have sort of said to me yeah but come on like you know we, we've got Sterling and Sane we don't want to bring in anybody that's going to wreck their development and it's like no we play 60 competitive games if not more over the course of the season it's not realistic to expect two 20-21 year olds to play all of those games you need quality below them or above them however you want to describe it but you need quality alongside them um, and for me yeah what at the end of the game it's so obvious that we didn't have that option either to rest one of them or to bring somebody on 
from the bench. Well, I suppose Jesus came on. Um, but to really bring bring a winger on, is, because for me, Jesus is a, is a forward who plays from a wide area. He's not really a winger in the way that I think that Sanchez, for me, is, is very much a winger. Um, okay, next question. Uh, this is from Harry Siddall. Can Pep be blamed for chances being missed? He's always said that he's only responsible for them getting the ball into the final third. Howard? Open, I won't get this one. <laughs> uh, tough one to answer that, isn't it? He's, well, yeah, he's, he's not putting the questions How can he in. be blamed? He's, he's, not, he's not doing the shooting, is he? Uh, I don't, it, depends how, it depends what we do in training, really, doesn't it? Oh, I would hope we, uh, we must train. We must train to shoot. We must, you know, all the things that happen in that final third. Uh, I think he thinks it's a mentality thing. Uh, no, I can't put a lot of blame on him. No, not really. Unless unless we just don't practice in training and we just run around. But, of course, it's too starting to learn his system. But we're getting the chances, aren't we? So, uh, not really, no. And I don't, I don't think it's a long-term problem either, so... Yeah, I'm sure he's as frustrated as we are, but yeah. in the day, players have to take responsibility, don't they? They have to put these chances away, so yeah, um, yeah minimal play. Julian, this one's for you, but then I'm mm-hmm. going to extend it to the three of you. Uh, what did you make of Gabriel Jesus's impact last night, and what impact can he have between now and the end of the season? Uh, he's, he's he's going to be something special, this kid. I'm telling you. I mean, he's just got that presence. I mean. He, you can see, you can see after after watching him, watching him, his highlights and stuff, and the way he's just unfortunate. The instinct to to get into the box and you you know he's going to do something. I I really think he's going to be a special player. I really do. I know I know that there's been players that have come and you think of the next thing, but I just I just get it with him. He just you know I think Sam Lee actually it's worth going on his timeline. I think he's he's watching um, Gabriel and Fernando warming up, and he just. They're just flicking the ball to each other. He just stops it dead in the air. I mean, you know, I mean, he's just the way he is. He just, he can just tell he's just going to be a superstar. He's just his presence and everything. Absolutely. Um, I want the three of you to answer that. So, Steve, what what did you make of his impact last night, and also what kind of an impact do you think he can have? The impact I think he can have is phenomenal, uh, limitless. He really, there's no way of knowing, quite frankly, to what extent we're talking here whether we're talking you know an Aguero level or if we're talking you know a Messi kind of Maradona level we it sounds far-fetched at this point because we're talking about a kid but this you know as Julian says he's a superstar in the making um last night what, what we're talking about it's five minutes was it when he came on so such a short amount of time and yet he still kind of provided the highlight slash low light of the night which is the <laughs> Man, you know what? There's a, a, a clip on on Twitter um, of a girl celebrating. I think it's a girl celebrating, and she, you know she doesn't realise till after everyone else. And a lot of people are laughing at that. I was I was still celebrating till about half ten. I, I <laughs> honestly, honestly, God, it, I was must be the last person in the world to realise that it'd been disallowed. To be honest, um, even I, after they disallowed it, I was still celebrating because he put the ball in the back of the net again. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah it was exactly, exactly, was, who was it against when he did that? Spurs, 
It's when he kicked. Spurs. Spurs. Yeah, of course it was. Yeah. He went against Spurs and did an almost amazing. Yeah. But I, I was, I was just shouting, "I believe, I believe!" and and to, to a room full of people <laughs> who were just bemused, and it was, it was very kind of weird. And then they realised what was going on. They saw it this loud. Everyone was laughing at me, and uh, so be it. It was, it was worth it because it was just. I've waited all my life to score a last-minute winner against United. <laughs> and, so that counts. It still counts. Well, you know do what? I know why I'm so pessimistic? I read on Twitter, so it might not be true. Last time, three times Atkinson's refed a derby, United scored 90th minute winners. Indeed, so, that is true. So as the 90th minute approached, I was like, oh my God, it's going to happen again. Into yeah. It's going to happen. And they broke me. They they literally broke me. I remember. I can't remember. Well, I can't remember which game it was, but it was. Um, they scored a last minute winner because they just seemed to do it, didn't they? They did it some like four times in five games or something. And on the fourth occasion, anyway, I was broken. I mean, I literally just went numb after that game. I wasn't even disappointed, gutted, anything. I was just numb. Because I know they which done game you're talking about. You're talking about Atkinson, Old Trafford. Seven minutes of injury time. And oh, no, God, no, that one. I had plenty of emotions for that one, mate. Woo-hoo. Oh, mate, yeah. I was, I was, that, that, that was my... Cheat. That yeah. was, that was an illegal goal and it was a cheat and, and yeah, Stones. I will take that to my dying day. That was, Owen's goal then was just, oh, don't even get me started. The yeah. Skulls header was, it might well have been a Skulls one. Yeah, I think it might have been. And yeah, I was just numb. It was I couldn't take it. So last night felt like some kind of payback. And then even when it wasn't, eh, it was still payback. I still yes. had that. Yeah, I guess for me, I felt like that as well. I'm sorry I interrupted you. Go on, finish. No, I, I, I celebrated for a full minute. And so it felt great at the time. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, Wait, it's just such good movement though, wasn't it, for that yeah. girl? Listen, I want to ask you, I was going to ask you about the impact that, that, that Gabby can have over the course of the season. But... Man City Army 1894 has asked, will Pep ever play with two forwards? And I think it's probably, this is going to be the last question for the podcast, but it's an, it's an interesting one. Would you like to see, between now and the end of the season, Jesus and Aguero being given a run of games together? A, would you like to see it? And B, do you think Pep will do it? Uh, yeah, I'd love to see it starting on Sunday, to be honest. Uh, I mean, I don't know, you know, the tactical side of it. There's obviously issues with how do we, sh- you know, the shape of the side. But I think they could really work off each other brilliantly. I mean, we just saw right at the end with a disallowed goal. I think Aguero might benefit from it, you know, like he did with for a few months with Madredo. Uh, just having someone, just can't decide if he works better up by himself or with a partner, but... You know, he's not a traditional partner, is he, Jesus? I'd love to see it, honestly. Uh, I've no idea if Pep will do it. I would, I would guess maybe not, but uh, it's hard to tell with him, isn't it? I don't yeah. think because he'll have to leave someone out and change the shape. But I'd, you know, be quite happy to see it on Sunday because I think they'd rip, they'd just rip to shreds. Hmm. Um, what about you, Asa? Uh, see, I don't think. I think the problem that we've got with those two playing together right now is that what I instinctively feel is that Jesus in the box has got a little bit of the Kelechi in the sense that he really is clinical. Um, And so I don't see... I feel as though if you stick Jesus on a wing to leave Aguero up top, 
you're not really playing to Jesus's strengths. But at the same time, if you move Aguero to the wing, you're not really playing to his strengths mm. either. So I just, as much as I'd love to see them, and, and Pep, to be clear, I don't think Guardiola's going to play with two out-and-out strikers. I mean, maybe he did it at, at Barcelona once, or he did it at Bayern once, in a with three at the back to try and accommodate two forwards. But I just don't see that right now. I think... I think the shape and the system more or less stays the same with the two wide attackers and the one nine or false nine. So in terms of the two of them playing together, one of them has got to play from wide. And I just don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. Look, maybe on Sunday, Jesus will play from wide left because I think that's what will happen. And he'll excel and, 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 and everybody will go, hey, someone's chatting shit again. But um, I, I for the moment, I'm just not convinced that like that, It'll work. But I'd love to see it. And I'd love to see him try. Um, just because I want to see Jesus play as many minutes as is possible. And I'm curious as to whether it can it can work with Aguero. Uh, He's so exciting, isn't he? You know, just watching him. Um, I don't know. You're just so invigorated when you're watching him. You, you don't know what he's capable of. And yet you know that what he is capable of is extraordinary. Yeah. 100%. You just don't know to what degree. So it, it's just so exciting. It, it's just a thrill. If there is a fatigue factor with Sane, then could easily swap, you know, for Sunday. Yeah. Totally, totally. I mean, so, that's what I expect to happen. I expect that Jesus comes in and Sane drops out. Um, uh, I completely agree with what you just said there, Steve, as well, that you just, you, it, it is that, the excitement that he brings, the infectiousness that he brings, I think there's an infectiousness in his personality. I think there's mm. going to be an infectiousness in the way that he plays football. I mean, the way that he goes and closes Gashford down, yeah, it, it sums the boy up. I mean, that's the 96th minute or the 95th minute. And he's just come on the pitch and he's just coming back from an injury that's a broken foot. He's fearless. Mm. I mean, it's... As well as having all of that ability and all of that talent, he's not—he's not sort of soft. He's fearless. He'll go into challenges. He'll fly into challenges. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm—I'm—I I just can't wait to see him play more, man. I've just—I'd yeah, I'd, I'd play—I'd pay to play and watch, pay, pay to watch him play for anyone. But well, I feel we're lucky to. What Pep said last week, I think, is so true that we're. We're so lucky that the, that boy did have all of Europe in his hands, and he uh, yeah he chose to come to City. Right, okay, Julian, thank you very much. No problem, thank you. Howard, thank you very much. Thank you as well. Pleasure, Steve. Thank you very much. Pleasure as always, mate. Thank you to everybody who listened. That was our post Derby ninety three twenty podcast. Um, before I go, just a quick reminder. We have some pods that are still available over on SoundCloud and on iTunes. Uh, interviews with various journalists. We've spoken to Martin Blackburn. We've spoken to Graham Hunter. We've spoken to Pitt Gottschalk. Um, just about City this summer in the transfer market. So if you haven't already checked those out, go and check those out. Uh, we'll have another one of those on Monday or on Tuesday. We're talking to Jonathan Johnston from ESPN and BN Sport about the links to all the Monaco players and all the players in the French League in general. We'll also have a post-Middlesbrough podcast, as always. Uh, so, yeah, until then, thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.